if you're ready to feel like your best self, you have some room for improvement in your health, or you're looking to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness, then welcome to the Empire Wellness Podcast. Listen in to your host and renowned wellness expert, Charlene Lawrence, as she shows you how to build your internal and external wellness empire. Charlene is a licensed acupuncturist, certified hypnotherapist, and master of traditional Chinese medicine. She'll introduce you to the solutions that have yet to be on your radar. Now here's your host, Charlene Lawrence. Welcome back, Wellness Warriors. I'm Charlene Lawrence, your wellness expert. I am the Chief Executive Acupuncturist at Empire Wellness Center, and I'm the founder of the Hypnopuncture Method, combining the powerful tool of hypnosis with the amazing healing power of acupuncture. I am so grateful to have you on this journey with me to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness. It is my mission to educate so you can improve, and together we can empower, inspire, and grow. Let's dive right in. Ron is a passionate, committed, and transformational life happiness coach and a health and wellness coach. He works with individuals to get fully aligned with the calm, centered, compassionate, and fully aware parts of who they are as human beings. Ron initiates this by developing short and long-term intentions and focus, by creating strong boundaries, and by encouraging and fostering the importance of laughter, wholeness, authenticity, vulnerability, beauty, and wonder in all areas of their lives. The result will be a deeper connection with the self and with others. The deeper connections will in turn allow individuals to reach their goals, live their dreams, and continually evolve to be the best version of themselves in all areas for the rest of their lives. In addition to the deep coaching with men, Ron focuses on creating a deeper understanding, desire, and opportunity for men to be fully connected fathers with their teenage sons and daughters. In this day and age of technology impacting connection, peer pressure, uncertain role models, and an overall changing world, father-son and father-daughter relationships are more important than ever. He also specializes in working with men 50 and older to fully prepare for, transition into, or rethink, retool their current life of being retired to open up the possibility of these years being the best years of your life for the rest of your life in all areas of your life. Why not? Lastly, Ron is a mindfulness, meditation, and motivational speaker. He works with individuals, groups, and companies to better understand and integrate meditation and mindfulness into their lives. Scroll down into the episode notes of your podcast app to see the links to connect with Ron. But first, if you're ready to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness, Jump on over to empirewellnesscenter.com slash podcast and click on the link to book your complimentary assessment with me. During that time, we will explore your history and investigate individualized wellness options. 
If you find this episode helpful, I'd love for you to share it with someone who can appreciate it too. Let's jump in with Ron Servan. Hi, Ron. Thanks for joining me. Of course. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'm curious, we're just going to dive right in. What does wellness mean to you? You know, if I was to be honest, you know, just for me, it's just there's so many different areas of our life that we don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to. So for me, wellness means just having that connection to and understanding how all the parts of our life are, are clicking on all cylinders, our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health. And just the, you know, that willingness just to acknowledge and notice those things about us that aren't running at a hundred percent. And I think for me, wellness is achievable at any, you know, any stage of your life. It's just not something I feel I'm 57 years old. And I know that the best years of my life are still ahead of me. And that's because I pay attention to a good state of mind, you know, what I eat, how I live my life, you know, quality of life. I love that, that connecting all those pieces, the connection, and even connection among humans creates wellness. So that's awesome. Well, I'd really love to hear more about your story through wellness. You said that your best years are ahead of you. And go ahead and just share where your wellness journey began and start at the beginning. So, um, you know, looking back on life, I've always been one that's been, you know, you know, paying attention to the things that I do in my life, um, but not recognizing areas that I wasn't really focused on, you know, my thoughts, you know, what I want out of life, who I want to be in life. So it happened to, for me later in my life, you know, I live many years of my life, just kind of, um, assuming that this was it, this is who I'm destined to be. You know, I've been married for almost 35 years, um, my wife and I, and we've got a 16-year-old son, and life has been good. It's kind of not, I wouldn't say on autopilot, but, you know, we haven't had huge challenges in our lives to really, you know, create that need for a shift based on what's, you know, like the circumstances. So, you know, what I found myself doing, though, is becoming more uh, like my father, you know, do having some of the same habits, you know, not engaging in those deeper conversations, not sharing all of who I am, just kind of holding back uh, because I felt, you know, going back to early childhood issues of not feeling accepted, not am I good enough? You know, whether that's you know, messages that I received from you know, people around me or just not you know, having that confidence in myself to really show who I am and, and not worry about what somebody else might think. Just that whole idea of, you know, what you think of me is none of my business. Um, so for me, that happened, you know, probably around, you know, early forties, um, you know, just looking at my relationship with my wife, just looking how I was, who I was being in my life and found myself um, looking for that deeper meaning. And, you know, fortunately I found meditation via my wife. Um, you know, she was, she would, she'd be sitting in her room and, and experiencing meditation. I was like, you know, wondering what, you know, what the heck's going on there. Um, you know, what, she's got her eyes closed and, and what, you know, so her, long story short, her and I went on a retreat together and, um, I learned about meditation and just to fast forward to today. I mean, it's been a daily practice since March of 2011. I haven't missed a day. So, you know, that's, so that awareness through meditation is what really, 
brought all these other areas of wellness into my, you know, my, you know, the front of my mind versus the back of my mind. Um, and, you know, we had, my wife and I had my son when we had been married 20 years, kind of a different experience. So I know for me, I, I want to be an engaging, active, you know, thoughtful, connected father. And again, I look back in those years that I wasn't that. And, you know, I think so today when I sit here and in, in, in the place I'm in now in my life, which is, is amazing. Um, I know it took, you know, it took some points in my life where I was fearful. I was scared. And as a man, I think oftentimes we're not willing to share that with others. And I think that's where I feel, you know, part of my purpose is, is to really show up for myself first, but then to show up for the men in my life that are maybe looking for purpose, looking for, you know, what they want to experience in their life. I think that's just, you know, kind of reflects back on me and who I need to be to create this continued wellness within my life. That's awesome. And I love that you have brought this and you're bringing this experience to other men because some of this, we might call it new agey stuff, meditation, which is hilarious. It's not new age. It's been around for eons, but um, I do feel like men are less prone to dive deep into kind of some of these things. And you touched on um, you know, you earlier on, you weren't engaging in what you said, these deeper conversations. Go ahead and explain what would some of those deeper conversations be that maybe you weren't considering before. And now it's something that you, you think about now you have conversations with other people. You know, probably the most predominant thing has just been feeling and expressing my feelings and not feeling that I'm, you know, that I can't, display or share share those feelings because of it's not an accepted you know, acceptable practice amongst maybe a group of men and you know for me um you know again having a having a young boy and understanding how he is learning from me you know good or bad and and knowing some of the things that i feel like i missed out on but not as a judgment you know my upbringing i think my parents did the best they could my father did the best he could based on his own awareness but you know, I, I think for me, it's been just this evolution of um, just experiencing the present moment, you know, in, in conversations with men, being a better listener, and that's still work in progress. But, you know, I, I think we all crave, you know, that connection, like you said earlier, and, and men oftentimes connect to that, that ego side of them, which is part of who we are. But, you know, it's like what, what I want you to think of me versus what I think of myself. So, um, you know, and, and sometimes you realize those things about yourself that you're like, mm, maybe that wasn't such a good behavior or such a good habit or, you know, and I think the challenge for me at times is just letting go of that judgment. So I think it's just that willingness just to peel back the onion continually, not think that this is it or there's not more work to do. And just to share that in conversation with men, just, you know, I, I have, you know, men that look to me, you know, as, a, as an older man that they, you know, they can learn from and grow from and share things you know, about themselves that maybe they wouldn't find anybody else to do that. And I think then, then it, then it gives them a gift to give other men as well. So it's not just about this one time connection. It's like, you know, when you can share that beautiful gift with, you know, somebody else, it's, they're saying yes to their, to their self. And then they can open up that, you know, that beautiful opportunity for others. 
That's great. So I am really interested in how you might get a man, especially who's been taught to close off his feelings all these years. How do you even start to kind of crack that egg with the people that you work with? Sometimes it's just sitting in silence, just allowing them to just share whatever comes up. Um, it's not always about a process. Sometimes processes and, and you know, exercises to go through can be helpful. But sometimes it's just giving that permission to that person sitting with me to just say whatever they feel. And I think part of what I think men do, and women, I'm sure women do as well, but I think predominantly men is we want to resolve the situation. We want to put the period at the end. We want to dot the I and cross the T. And oftentimes I, I think we do a disservice to that man or, or that person sitting with us because that's not what they need. You know, they just want to be heard. They want to you know, know that they're to validate what they feel is true. And, and sometimes just in silence, you know, just sitting in that space, allowing them to settle in and maybe it's not something that they're ready to really express or share at that point. But I think when we can create that, that space, enlarge that space, foster that space, it's kind of like having a seed that you plant out in your garden. You know, it's not going to grow unless you spend time and give it space to grow and give it the opportunity to you know, really grow and, and be that beautiful plant that you plant in your garden. And same with a friendship or same with a you know coaching situation. You know, it's, what is it the the saying? You know, when the when the when the student appears, where the student shows up, the teacher appears. You know, it's that whole idea is when that man is is willing and able and ready to step forward. They know that I'm by their side and it's going to I'm going to you know, help support and kick them in the butt when they need that and and love them and and all the things that they need that maybe they haven't got for many years of their life. So I'm really curious how. Trying to think of how to formulate this question. How do your male clients, especially, how do they find you? Because I feel like in my profession as an acupuncturist, many of the men that I treat, their wives are the ones who are almost dragging them into the office. Do you find that's the experience you have, or is it really organic where people are seeking you out? I, I think it's more, um, I mean, I think relationships are, are, ever evolving. So I don't, I don't, when I make a connection with somebody, I don't like, Oh, I really want to coach this person or they're destined to be a client of mine. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to be in a place in my life where my career, you know, has changed. You know, I worked at a job for 36 years and retired. So now I've like repurposed my life to serve others. And yes, receiving monetary payment for what I do, I think is a value. And I look at you know, people are investing in themselves. Yes, they're paying me, but they're investing in themselves. And so to get back to your, your question, um, you know, those seeds are planted. So I know there's those out there that I've touched in different ways that may or may not want to, you know, dive deeper into a coaching, you know, um, call or, you know, an extended, you know, program. Um, but also, I, and, I, and, I, and I, to your point, I think they're the women out there that have done the work themselves or they don't even realize there's opportunities to understand that there's people like myself that 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 do care, that 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 want to help, that that you know, even if that's a phone call, I think that's where I feel like I'm at my life. I don't 
I'm not, it's not a need for me right now. It's a desire. So that, I think that's you know quite different than somebody that's growing a business that's looking to support their family and has that burden and that that emphasis on you know the dollar figure. You know, for me, um, much different. You know, and and I think that's for I think that's unique, and I and I try not to take that for granted. And and that's where I feel just building relationships, um, engaging and, and supporting others the best way I can is that's the success that I feel. It doesn't have to be, a, you know, working with me for six months or, or a year or whatever that might be. That's just, that's just an offshoot of, of a, a, a relationship that's grown into that next step to say, well, hell yes, let's go into this and let's dive deep because I've got some areas that I don't even know are keeping me stuck. And I'd love to find out what those answers are. But men are hard, <laughs> they're hard. I was a hard nut to crack. I mean, I was totally against counseling and all those things. But I found myself, again, just kind of getting stuck in old habits and counseling and, and marriage therapy and all these things that I opened myself up to have shifted my awareness to, you know, just looking at myself in a much different way. So you just led me straight into my next question. How did you go from having a job for 36 years retiring to now running this coaching business that is your passion and kind of your, your life's purpose. How did you, how did that journey happen? Walk me through that. So I, I, I was in public, this public sector, you know, um, for the 36 years that I worked, I worked for a great community. I worked in the city of San Marino. So just the, the quality and the, and the, the, the expectation of serving others was so high. I, I think I just became very accustomed to, you know, problem solving, um, helping people in situations where they couldn't, you know, kind of move forward, whether it's, you know, planting a tree or, or a lot of different areas where there was, you know, kind of having challenges. And when I, when I left the city, um, my primary focus was to um, become you know, health, a health coach because I was, you know, in the best shape I had been for many, many years and, and just felt like that was where my, you know, calling was. Um, thought about you know, being a personal trainer, just all these things were more of a check the box, not like, you know, that deeper purpose that I felt, you know, that I'm destined to step into. Um, so the life coaching program through the same uh, uh, company that I became certified as a health coach offered a life coaching program. So it just made so much more sense to me to not focus on one specific area, not that life coaching, you know, gets into, you know, health and, and, and diet and things like that that are important, but just looking at your entire life. Again, you know, it's, you could be the healthiest person in the world. And if your relationship with money is horrible or your relationship with your son is, is not what you'd like it to be, or you don't feel that connection to yourself and you, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and you have no idea who the heck you are, none of that means anything. So I, I think it was just a natural, you know, kind of decision for me to, you know, kind of open up the possibility of doing something that, um, that just could touch so many people in, in, in different ways. And, um, again, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny term though, like life coach, right? It's like, what does that mean? You know? So it's, I think when you try to explain it or share it with people that aren't necessarily, you know, kind of in touch with what that is, um, you know, it, it's funny because they don't, you know, and men don't, you know, it's like they, maybe there were coaches in baseball. So, you know, I think there's that stigma of, well, 
you know, it's, it's like that, right? And it's, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's quite different as far as how you're able to engage and, and really dig, you know, at a, dig in deeper to areas that, you know, you thought it was this and had nothing to do with this. It was that, you know, that early childhood imprint that caused that memory of something that is now kind of stuck in the patterns of how you're living your life. Um, so that's, that's been my journey. So it was like, you know, how can I better serve myself? How can I step forward as the best father, the best husband, the best man I can be, you know, focusing on that for myself. And then just to be able to flow that out into people that I, you know, that I engage with, you know, on a regular basis. That's awesome. So talk to me more about the training. You said you started training with an organization to be a health coach. And then what, what kind of training do they provide to become a health coach or a life coach? So the health coach train is, you know, a lot of it's around habits, you know, things that we, you know, how we, how we, you know, how we eat even. I mean, we don't even think about the fact that we should be chewing our food a certain amount of times before we digest it. So it's a lot of basic things that, that you learn um, and just the normal, you know, um, you know, micronutrients and macronutrients and then just how to kind of understand the physiology of our bodies and how we process things, but also just rolling that into, um, you know, that, that again, that bigger version of, of what's going on inside of us, you know, who are we showing up when we're eating? You know, are we eating when we're angry? Are we eating when we're stressed? You know, all these things that start you know, opening up these other, you know, possibilities as far as what's, what's really happening here. It has nothing to do with the food. It has, you know, this emotional pain um, that happened many, many years ago. So going through the, 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 you know, become, you know, when I became a health coach, again, was something that I felt that's what I was, you know, kind of engaged in my life. Um, and then, yeah, the, the life coaching program was a year long program that really just dove much deeper into just all the areas of your life and just how to start looking at your beliefs and your, your behaviors and, and really trying to shift just, you know, just these, these habits into a new way of thinking. You, know, you can change a habit and still have the same mindset and not really understand how that's still keeping you stuck. You can look great, but you're still miserable. You're negative. You're unhappy. Um, you know, what's driving that. So the, the life coaching was, you know, something that really, you know, kind of on a, on a surface level, really, you know, kind of educated me and brought me a lot of uh, understanding about that. But then I took uh, another year long program uh, for transformational coaching. So it's this whole process of, you know, taking a look at your life, you know, just walking them through a process of, you know, taking a step back and really looking at what your life is now and, and really saying to yourself, you know, what is it that I want here? You know, and, and this, and, and, and shooting for the moon. I mean, I love to ask questions of my clients, uh, you know, just like three questions, you know, what, what is probable, what's possible and what's impossible. And those impossible, you know, lists of items, that's what I want to help them with, you know, just to really understand that they want to write a book. They want to be on stage. They want to you know, do something that they feel like they're not even worthy of, or it's not even possible. Those are things I think going through that deeper training coaching around, you know, and life coach training and the transformational coaching that they're just kind of dove again, deeper into those behaviors and, and, and the things that, that are much deeper in our persona that we don't recognize or we don't want to recognize, you know, because it's almost that sense of security that even though I'm miserable, 
I know how to be miserable. So I'm going to continue to play that game because I know what to expect. People know what to expect from me versus taking that step back, looking at yourself, asking yourself what I really want and really saying yes to yourself. And then just you know, setting things in place to, you know, accountability for yourself and just following through having people surrounding yourself with those people that really raise you up, you know, with, you know, with you. And I think just going to that uh, more intimate way of learning, you know, practicing, you know, these skills with others that are in the coaching realm as well. And then just diving into conversations and seeing just those simple questions and how they really open up that space for, for people to think. Again, it's not always about having that answer, you know, every time somebody asks you a question, I think sometimes it's like, hmm, that curiousness, that uncertainty that can feel very scary, especially now, right now, with everything we're going, that's going on in and around us. But that's a very powerful tool. So I think that deeper coaching allowed me to do, my, and, and a lot of it was your own work too. So obviously we're learning how to coach individuals at a deeper level, but it's also that self-work, you know, just knowing that there's always that next best version of yourself that's just waiting for you to say yes to yourself. Um, you know, I can only take my clients as far as I'm willing to take myself. So I'm, if I'm asking or, or encouraging them to do something that I'm not doing, uh, that's not going to really uh, hold water. So. Hey, wellness warriors. We'll get back to the conversation with Ron in just a minute. I would love for you to do two things right now. Yep. I mean, right now. If you've made it this far in the episode, then you must be getting some of the great nuggets that Ron is throwing out there. I want you to hit the share button and send this podcast episode to someone else who needs to hear it. Your partner, your best friend, your best enemy, whoever it is, just share it now. Second, I want you to exit this podcast. Don't worry. It'll save your spot to resume in a minute after you head over to empirewellnesscenter.com slash podcast and click on the link to schedule your free assessment with me. Great. Now that you've done those two things, let's get back to Ron. Talk to me about while you were going through this coaching program, were you being coached? Were you being coached before? Where, so, yeah, so yeah. We, would, we would do some practice coaching as we were going through the program. And then, yeah, I hired my own coach and uh, he actually worked for the company that I got certified through. So he couldn't coach me as um, like to help make me a, help to show me how to be a better coach. And that wasn't what I was really needing. I needed help with just creating balance in my life, understanding where I was falling short, um, where I wasn't showing up in my life for myself and my family. And that, you know, that investment in myself really allowed me to see the value of what others can bring out of me. You know, I didn't see that in myself. I didn't think that it was something that I could step up and, and do something different and see better results on who I'm showing up as, as a father, as a, as a, you know, as a son, as a brother, all these things that um, it was just kind of, you know, kind of trucking through life. Life was good, you know. Um, if there's no major problems, it's like, why rock the boat? It's like, I had to rock the boat. I had to, you know, stand up and say, you know what? I deserve and want more than what I'm experiencing now. And I think all the things that I, you know, have in my life now, uh, have been definitely shifted as a result of, of investing that 
time and, and, and energy and, and money into that, you know, that self-growth and just understand how important that is. That's fantastic. I would love, I want two questions popped into my head that I'd love you to touch on. One is if you're willing to be vulnerable and share, what is one lesson that you really learned going through that life coaching experience while you were being coached? And then two, what is a simple tip that you can share with the listeners on how they can take that step, that first step that they need to starting to shift their lives? It's probably similar to what I was referring to earlier. It's just this whole idea of investing in ourselves, And I think that that can come, you know, as a monetary investment that can come as a, you know, sit down and spend time with yourself investment. I think that's what I've, you know, allowed myself to find in my life. You know, we, we get, you know, that's probably more of the second question, but we get stuck in our ways and we have our day that seems to be full and we, and we can't think we could take on anything more. I, there's no way I can go get certified as a coach or there's no way I can find the time in my life to meditate or to do something in, in, on top of what I'm doing. So, so, the, so the message I would give to those that, that are kind of stuck there, it's like, what, what is not serving me that I can let go of? And, 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 and I think it's not an all or nothing. It's not like I need to cast this away. It could just be pause. You know, I'm going to pause on this right now, look at my commitments in my life, really look at each commitment and, and really understand the value that that commitment uh, is for you. And am I putting all my heart and love into that? You know, I've, I've found myself at times um, going too wide versus going deep, you know, spreading myself thin, just, you know, doing lots of things, but am I, am I actually creating the impact that I want to create? So it's, you know, sometimes that's letting go of a friendship. Sometimes that's saying no to people that you maybe have always said yes to. Um, sometimes it's saying yes to yourself and letting go of a behavior that you thought was a, a benefit, but it's just a habit that you know, became something that, that you just felt like, I don't know what else to do, so I'm going to do this. Um, and I think that's where the, the wheel of life seems to just be on autopilot. And we, and we have this whole mentality of, uh, you know, life gets shorter or it's quicker as we get older. And what I have found, obviously I'm semi-retired, but you know, that's all your choice. You know, you're writing your story every moment as it unfolds. And yes, it's taking me time to realize that. And are there times where I've you know, burn through a day and, and don't have that self-reflection or that self-acknowledgement uh, or that self-awareness that I, that I try to achieve. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. So I think it's just that willingness just to notice, notice when I'm, you know, off my game, notice when I'm not being who I am destined to be notice when I'm, I'm saying one thing and doing another, I'm not being authentic um, and sharing that. I think that's, that's an important thing, you know, in my relationship with my wife and my son, just being willing and able to say, yeah, I messed up, or that was not reflective of what I really wanted to say. And you're right. The, what I said was very hurtful. I mean, those things that um, we can feel that responsibility or that, that I guess, fear to a certain extent of how that's impacted, impacted that person. And then it just becomes just that, 
you know, unraveling of a situation that we could have avoided if we would have just taken that breath or paused or realized I don't have to react here. I can just feel the feelings, right? It's like, what is, what is this feeling I'm feeling? I mean, it feels like anger, but it's more sadness when I really sit here for a while and really understand where this is coming from. And, and what's that sadness about? When they say sadness is just the memory of, of something that once was, I mean, if you can come from that place and, and have a better relationship with, you know, sadness and fear and anger, you know, I think then life doesn't seem so out of reach. It doesn't seem so out of control. Um, and that's, again, that's work in progress. It's day by day. It's showing up, waking up in the morning, deciding for myself, who am I going to be today? Yes, I'm going to go do this, but who am I really, who do I really want to show up as? Very nice. You've brought up meditation quite a few times, and this is, it's one of my favorite activities, and it's taken me a long time to allow myself to meditate in whatever capacity that is. And I know personally for me, sometimes that's five minutes, 10 minutes, that's all I can manage to get in, maybe doing it later in the day versus in the morning. So you mentioned that your wife was meditating and she was the one who introduced you and then you went on a retreat. Did you practice meditating with her before or did you just jump into this retreat that you went on? We just kind of decided to jump into this three-day retreat down at the Chopra Center and um, just experience the Ayurveda food. We experienced, you know, getting your own personal mantra and, and just being in a room uh, of people that are experiencing, you know, variations of what you're experiencing, just that unity that I felt. Um, and yeah, to your point, it's like, and that's what I really try to encourage with others. It's like, whatever occurs for you is perfect. Whether it's, I mean, I think we're not sitting in, in our own silence, hoping that we have lots of thoughts, but thoughts are normal, right? Thoughts, we could have 60 to 80,000 thoughts in a day, but how can I have a better relationship with those thoughts to let go of those thoughts that aren't even true. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it, it's, it's an evolution. So five minutes here for me has been great. There's been times where 30 minutes of just thoughts. It's like, okay, that wasn't what I was sitting down in silence to experience, but maybe it's important that I have those thoughts. So I now understand them a little bit differently, or I can really tag those thoughts and just say, it's just a thought. It's not true. That's a thought from my father. Or that's the thought that somebody told me that I decided for myself that they're right. It's like, I need to decide that. You not, you know, I may validate what you feel is true, but let me make that decision. Now, I'd love to learn more. What was your first maybe judgment or thought when you got to the Chopra Center and then was it different from when you left that three-day retreat? Yeah. Um, for me, I, I never really felt comfortable just in my own skin. I, you know, not, on a, not on a daily basis, but just overall, if I was to even think about time you know, spent in reflection or contemplation you know, or prayer or whatever that was, uh, it just didn't, didn't really have any type of meaning or, or functionality with me. So when I really allowed myself just to sit in silence, 
and really be open to, again, just that unique energy that you, that I have felt with others, not only myself, but just that, that unique, you know, energy that's, that's everywhere around us. It's within us. It's outside of us. It's in the, the people that we navigate around in our lives. And I think just letting that flow through me, I think through that experience, uh, you know, in, at the Chopra center, um, it just kind of demystified what I thought meditation was. And I think that's what I try to do now with, you know, with, you know, in teaching meditation is just, it doesn't have to be anything other than looking at it as spending time with yourself. You know, like it, it could be in, in reflection, it could be in prayer, it could be in contemplation, just how can you look at a way to disconnect as much as possible from the outside world, go within and experience that beautiful part of who you are, and then make that conscious decision. It's like, how do I now flow this into the, the world outside of me? Now, walk me through, and maybe this doesn't work because it's so individualized, but when you have a new person, especially maybe a man, I don't know if you also help coach women or if it's mostly just men you work with, but walk me through when somebody approaches you and says, hey, I really think I need to to get unstuck in some areas of my life, how how do you approach that experience with them and, and coaching through them or co- coaching through an experience with them? I think what, you know, this whole idea, if your why is not big enough, it's like, why do you want this change? What is, you know, what is it? And why is this so important to you? And they don't know, then, then they're not quite ready for you know, having that deeper conversation. So some of that is their own soul searching within themselves. Sometimes just asking those questions, you know, what do you want or what do you want less of what what is if you're stuck and you're experiencing these negative experiences you know what what are those experiences you want less of or again opposite that what do you what do you really desire in your life if if you were to dream big and close your eyes and wave, wave a magic wand over your head and to then step into that fully even just for five minutes here with me what would that look like who would who would you be with? What would you be doing? Who, what would you see? Where would you be? Just to put them in that situation, even for a short period of time, give them permission to step into that and to see what happens as a result of them saying yes to some small step that could really allow them to understand, wow, if I can experience this for five minutes with you, What's possible if I spend more time really diving in deeper and and really challenging myself and really pushing myself to really see what's possible for me? Because I have this desire to do these things. I just keep getting in my own way. Because we all usually know what to do, right? If you oftentimes you ask somebody, it's like, well, I I need to do this, I need to do that. And they know exactly what they need to do, but they're not doing it for some reason. So when you ask that question, it's like, what do you really desire in your life? You know, how important is that to you? I mean, if it's like a two or three, then that's not what they're really looking for. It's like, you want that eight or nine. That's something that's, you know, they really, really want to experience. And it doesn't have to be, you know, something that, that um, doesn't have to be, I want to be a best-selling author. Yeah. That's a great place to, you know, kind of say, I want to aspire to be. 
but it could just be as simple as I want to, I want to have that connection with my son that I didn't have with my father. Tell me more about that. How did that feel? What did you, what did you really need in those situations? And sometimes that's all that conversation needs to happen at that point. So I think that's where I think coaching is important. It's a, it's a process. And some people are, you know, we can't save everyone. It's like we can only save those that want to swim towards us. So I think knowing that, I think you recognize those that are searching for something else in their life. But, but it doesn't have to be that person that's struggling. It could be that successful businessman that, that seems to have everything, but doesn't have, you know, that connection with himself. They can't look at themselves in the mirror. They've got the great, you know, life, you know, the, the money, the car, all these things, but they look at themselves in the mirror at night and they don't know who the heck they are. That was a fantastic tip. I am so glad you shared that. And I'm going to ask you for another tip now. And so I want you to give a tip. If you could text one to everyone on the planet on how to be well, what would that one tip be? I, I did read that little thing. And I, so for me, and it's something I really talk about a lot now with um, those that I engage in conversation with is just breathe connect to your breath. Your breath is so important for your life, obviously to be able to be alive, but just the power in breathing in what you want more of in your life, you know, just exhaling that air, those people, that experience that no longer serves you. So just the power in every moment of our life that, that you can tap into your breath and just have that appreciation and an acknowledgement and understanding how precious it is. I mean, I, back in April, my mom passed away and, and we, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, in my meditation practice, I was trying to encourage her to, you know, through, through the, the last probably six months where she wasn't doing well, just to kind of create that, that practice. And she wasn't really into it. She didn't want to, she wanted to do that. So I said, how about from afar, I'll send you a text message and I'll let you know when I'm taking some deep breaths together and when I'm taking some deep breaths and we'll do that together. So we did that Charlene and it was just an amazing experience for us just to do that. And then was it three, four months later, you know, I, I sat there and watched her take her last breath. So why I tell you this is not for um, pity or, or sadness. It's just more about, how each of those breaths is so valuable for us just to connect to, to release, to breathe in and to really understand how uh, available it is for us. It's always there for us. So that's what I would text out. Breathe. <laughs> I love it. I do say it all the time that we are, if you don't breathe, you're never going to get out alive. So I love that tip. Ron, what's your favorite book? Uh, the two books that I was thinking about when I looked at that question, The, the Superior Man, uh, if you've heard of that. Um, so it's a book. This I've got it here, actually. Uh, the Way of the Superior Man by David Data. So it is a, a book that my coach um, encouraged me to read. So it's this whole, and it's, um, 
it's very, it can be explicit. So I would warn if you give this to a man, just let that he know he understands that, but it's really understanding connecting to and, and, and creating the value of the male and female energies, how we all, you know, both men and women experience and have both and how we make, how we take actions in our life that we're not paying attention to that and how detrimental it can be or how beautiful it can be when we, we can recognize and understand you know, when we're in our feminine, when my partners are in their feminine and they don't need another, you know, feminine energy coming their way. And, and my wife, you know, she runs, uh, she's, she's the businesswoman. She's, you know, running a, a business and, and, you know, she's in her masculine energies. And, and so for her to come home and for me to, you know, be in that same energy just does not work well. So that was a great book. And then the other one, um, the, uh, the School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. So that's another great one that I, that I'd love to you know really reflect back on and just how it's impacted me. This whole time I've been thinking of Lewis Howe's most recent book. I think it's his most recent, The Mask of Masculinity. Yes, that's a great book as well. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to check out the superior man that you just suggested because I have a lot of masculine energy and just what you were saying there about, you know, when, when your wife is out running her business, she's in her masculine energies. And then if you're in that same energy, when she gets home, you guys might clash a little bit more. And I have a feeling that happens a lot in my household (laughs) with me. It's made for women. I I put the name of it, but it's by the same author. Um, So if you look up, um, the way of the superior man, you'll probably see that, you know, underneath it. Uh, yeah. I will absolutely do that. Well, Ron, I have a quick surprise for you. So I have a little lightning round of questions. I'm going to ask you four questions and I would love for you to just answer whatever comes to mind first. Okay. What's your favorite food? Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very popular answer. <laughs> what is your favorite exercise? Uh, power walking. Oh, I haven't heard of that since, you know, the 90s. I'm on like four, day, four miles a day power walking uphill. So that's been my, my go-to. Nice. What inspires you? My son. Hmm. He's just an amazing, you know, just when you look at our children and just how you see qualities and traits. Um, in the good side and the bad side, I just, he's just such an amazing young boy. So it's, he inspires me to be the best man I can be for myself and for him. Awesome. Last question. What is your biggest indulgence or guilty pleasure? Mm, I have sweet tooth. I've got a horrible sweet tooth. Uh, so, I've got a sweet mouth. I don't have a sweet tooth. <laughs> and I know it's like, I have a conversation with my wife and because she, you know, has that same challenge at times that just sugar is so evil. It's like, you know, it's, it's enough if you just eat normal foods and understand the sugar in there, but you know, the candy and all those things that, um, yeah. So that's my, my weakness. So yeah, the name of my company is growth ring services. Um, I've got two different businesses that I run. I'm also an arborist, but more focused here on the go growth rings, coaching.com. You can find me on my website, um, contact number 626-712-3745. Uh, or shoot me an email, uh, growthringservices at gmail.com. Well, Ron, this was fantastic. I'm so grateful that you joined me today. 
And is there any last things you'd like to share with the audience? Just do you. It's like how important it is for us just as human beings, um, especially now, just to be yourself, just that unapologetic self. I think that's just so important. Thank you for taking this journey with me today. Your health and wellness are important to me. It's also important to me to spread wellness across the globe. I'd love for you to do three things right now to help me accomplish my mission. First, I'd love for you to leave a five-star review with a comment, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Second, head on over to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and follow me at EWC Health. And last, jump on over to empirewellnesscenter.com slash podcast and click on the link to book your free wellness assessment with me. Let's get a 30-minute call on the schedule to look at your history and find the solutions that work best for you. That's empirewellnesscenter.com slash podcast. And if no one has told you today, you are amazing. You are loved and your possibilities are infinite. Whether it's improving your internal, physical, or mental health, we have more tools to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness. Be sure to visit us at empirewellnesscenter.com for more ways to connect with Charlene. There you'll find ways to educate, improve, empower, inspire, and grow. That's all available on empirewellnesscenter.com.